3: plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
1: it's time for Sunday Mass with Christian Arcan on WEEI.
3: Hour number two here at Sunday Mass. Reverend Arkin with you, taking you up until 11 o'clock. Mike Cadlick's going to join me at 1030. Our own Mike Cadlick here, weei.com. Uh, we'll get his take on the week that was here with the Patriots and Bill Belichick, their new coordinator, which we'll talk about as well. They have a new defensive coordinator. Do we like it? Covington? I think I like it. I think. Wonder what's going to happen with Bill's kids now. We'll get to all of that in the next segment. And we'll talk about it with Mike. Also love to know how that offensive coordinator search is going. We do have some news on that, courtesy of Mike Reese, which we'll get to in just a minute, but real quick, uh it's conference championship weekend. It's a pretty good weekend, I think. Especially uh especially the AFC game. I'm very into this AFC game. I'm very into the idea of a Chiefs Ravens rivalry going forward. I think there's some real potential there. I have ruled Josh Allen out of my elite quarterback rankings. I think it's time for someone else to step up. I don't know if it's gonna be uh Joe Burrow. I like Burrow, but he's hurt all the time. That thing with him this year with Burrow, did you see him on the sideline? He like couldn't grip the ball. And then he just couldn't play for the rest of the week. But remember he was like he was like trying to warm up on the sideline and he like couldn't he couldn't hold the ball in his hand. And I remember just thinking like, damn, I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> I don't ever think I've seen a guy, a quarterback Trying, Not even trying to throw it, just trying to hold it, and he can't hold it. Like, how can you not hold the ball? It was, it's bad. It's, it's a bad situation with him, and it sucks because he's very talented. Um, But, you know, as far as Josh Allen's concerned, Josh Allen can't even beat Burrow, let alone beat Mahomes. And if there's anybody that's going to give a real challenge to Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think it's going to have to be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who the Ravens didn't even want this past year, by the way. Um, which is hilarious when you think about that now. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who has been dynamite this year, I'm rooting for the Ravens, but I'm not picking against the Chiefs. So I guess since I made a bet, I'm not really rooting for the Ravens either. I'm rooting to win my bet, but you know, it's like i i like to see I'd like to see a challenge. A legitimate challenge instead of just the Chiefs rolling over everybody for the next, you know, however many years. I like to see there be a legitimate challenge because when it's not your team that's on top for all this time, it's not as much fun. (laughs) You know, it's definitely not. You root for the teams that are going up against them. And in this case, I think the Ravens, if they can, you know, maintain what they have here, they have a great defense, an MVP quarterback who's sort of a one man show. They have some good receivers, not great, and a good running game. In a lot of ways, it's what Bill Belichick, I think, would would kill for right now. Good defense, good run game, receivers who were good, not great, and uh, best quarterback in the, in the league. <laughs> you know, like that's, I'd say, under those circumstances, I think Bill Belichick could really thrive, don't you? <laughs> um, but that's obviously not what Bill Belichick had. Anyways, I'd like to see the Ravens at least challenge the Chiefs. I'd like to see there be something here because I'm I'm all set with Josh Allen and the Bills. They had their opportunities to break through. They're not going to do it. Joe Burrow, I don't know. I mean, if if he can if he can put a season together then maybe. But I think Jackson's probably your best hope. If you want to avoid a and I know there's Patriots fans out here who don't like the uh, even talking about this. But if you want to if you want to see a team stand in the way of the Chiefs kind of overtaking some of these records, Going to their sixth AFC championship game right now, six in a row. What'd Brady go to? Eight in a row? I mean, they're close. They've Still got some championships to win. Um, and that's not going to be easy, especially not, you know, with uh, those Niners and even the Lions, who I actually kind of like today, too. I like the Detroit Lions today. What's wrong with me? Why bet against the Niners? Like, that just, you know, I, I'll tell you why. Brock Purdy, he made me nervous last week. I feel like they're not going to – you've seen Shanahan do this before, too. You've seen Shanahan in the NFC Championship game take the ball out of his shaky quarterback's hands and hand it off to Raheem Mostert or whoever. Uh, whoever their running backs were there. Jimmy Garoppolo a couple years ago threw the ball three times in the NFC Championship game. wasn't that many, but it was, you know. They took the ball out of his hand. I could see them that doing that to Purdy, too, especially if Samuel's not 100%. And just putting it all on Christian McCaffrey. And why is that a problem? Maybe it's not. But look at who the good run defenses in the NFL were this year. The Lions are at the top of the list. The Lions let up like 80-something uh, rushing yards a game. It was the second best in the league this year. I'll find the exact number. But that's something that, you know, just one of those kind of quirky matchup things that you look at and go, oh. oh, these guys might have a real chance here. These Lions might have a real chance here. How about that? The Chicago Bears allowed 86 rushing yards a game. The Detroit Lions allowed 88.8. And then there's the Niners at 89.7 and the Patriots at 93.2. And those are the top four. I mean, those are the top four run defenses in the entire league. Bears, Lions, Niners, and Patriots. Pretty good sampling of different kinds of teams there, isn't it? You got two play two teams playing in the NFC Championship game and two teams picking in the top three. <laughs> so having a good run defense is, depending on who you ask, either overrated or very necessary. It depends on who you ask there, but uh, that's that's the situation. And I think that the Niners are going to take it out of Purdy's hands and put it in McCaffrey's hands, which is smart. That's what you should do. But the Lions are going to be ready for that, and I think the Lions can win this game. I think it's going to be Chiefs-Lions in the Super Bowl. Uh, 617-779-7937, there's your phone number. We've been talking a lot about uh, the Bill Belichick situation, the coaching situation in the NFL. Um, We'll get to uh, more of that and the Patriots uh, situation with their coaches uh, right after we get to your phone calls here at 617 779 Let's go to Josh. He's up in Nashua. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, Christian Arkan, the Reverend. It's Josh, Sunday Mass, my guy. What's happening, buddy? I haven't talked to you in a while. Our, our Father uh, who art in heaven. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, what's up? <laughs> um, hey
0: man, uh, just a couple things on the Patriots and Celtics. I'll start with the Celtics here, I guess. Okay. Um They need two. They need two bigs, and they need to stop dying by the three. I know they're they're willing to take the three because Missoula is willing to let them, but they gotta they gotta tone it down, and um. Yeah, on the Patriots, man, they got a draft eight Jaden Daniels originally, I was thinking we should go with the best player available probably at that spot, Marvin Harrison Jr., but obviously it starts with the quarterback and everything. Um, Hope you have a great day, man. I'm going to hang up and
3: listen. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Uh, Celtics were not good shooting threes last night. They were just as bad as the Clippers were. Clippers couldn't shoot threes either. They both shot 10 of 40 from three, which I only noticed because it was exactly the same. Uh, the Celtics couldn't make two-pointers either this all couldn't do anything and that's a good defensive team those clippers you know they got they got some tough guys Plumlee's a big tough center and you know uh, leonard's one of the best defensive players in the league and so is paul george paul george is a sneaky underrated defensive player even in his advanced stage daniel tice off the bench you know, I mean, I never was a huge Tice fan, but he can go out there and bang inside, and uh, it's a uh, it was just a, a brutal day all around for your Celtics.
1: Even Terrence Mann was abusing us at the rim, like Terrence without Mann. Without Perzingis, we just had no protection.
3: I like him. I like Terrence Mann. Yeah, good player. Um, Clippers are tough. Clippers are tough. They they're making a push in the West. Uh, we'll see who ends up who, who ends up taking it there, but they are uh, they definitely have their hat in the ring. No question about it. Um, as far as his Patriots take Jaden Daniels, got to go with the quarterback over the wide receiver. (laughs) I would agree with you if I thought any of these quarterbacks were can't miss guys, but I don't think that I I know I'm on an Island with this, but I don't really like these quarterbacks in this class that much. I don't love Drake may. I don't love Jaden Daniels. I don't love Caleb Williams. I don't love Michael Penix. I don't like, you know, i am just, I don't like, uh, what's his name in Michigan? Like, I just, I'm not McCarthy. I'm, I'm, I don't think they're all going to suck. I think some of them might have, you know, some decent careers, but I don't think any of these guys are someone that if you, if you don't draft them, you're going to look back on it and say, man, they really, they could have changed their whole franchise. You know, they could be a dynasty if they had just drafted one of these guys. I just, I don't know. None of them, none of them jump out to me like that. And again, what the hell do I know? You know, what am I, Mel Kuiper over here? Like, I don't know. I just, I, that's, that's just my feeling. My feeling is and has been all along that out of all these guys, the best pro, the best NFL player is going to be Bo Nix. I just, that's a feeling that I have. Maybe I'll be wrong. Uh, but that's as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. And that's why I wouldn't be against the idea of drafting Marvin Harrison. You draft Marvin Harrison. You sign Mike Evans. You sign Calvin Ridley. You can sign two wide receivers and draft one. Make that the focal point of your offense so that whoever the quarterback is, whether it's a rookie, whether it's Mac Jones again, whether it's you know Kirk Cousins or somebody that you sign a, off the free agent list, whoever it is, they're going to want to come here. They're going to want to come here and play in this offense because look at these weapons. When's the last time the Patriots have been able to say that? 2006? No, not 2006, 2007? You know, from 2007 maybe to 2010, those Moss-Welker years? the Edelman Gronkowski years which have been over for 7 years now Gronkowski led 2017 right now i guess it was uh, after that it was 2018 so yeah i mean it's been it's been a while okay it's been a while since this was a attractive place for a quarterback to want to play i say build that up i'm fine with that you draft Harrison you bring in a couple of these free agents it's a great free agent wide receiver class great so build it that way. I'm okay with that. I'd even give Mac Jones a shot in an offense like that because I think he could do okay in some in, in, in that kind of offense. He was great in Alabama when he had a good stacked offense. Stack the offense for him. You got him one more year in his rookie deal. If he can do it, great. If he can't, whatever. It's a bridge here anyway, and you move on to the next guy. And if one of these quarterbacks in this class ends up being the next, you know, Tom Brady, then I'll apologize. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. This to me seems more like the Jameis Winston Mariota draft than it does like the Burrow Herbert draft with Tua and all those guys. Like I just, that's I, just the uh, that's just my gut feeling. Which again, that and the dollar fifty gets you a copy of the Boston Globe. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is your phone number. Steve is in Newton. He wants to defend the Buffalo Bills. Uh, go ahead, Steve. I wasn't expecting a call like this. Go ahead.
2: Christian you know it's one of those things though I mean we talk about Josh Allen elite status and look I'm a lifetime Bills fan but I've lived here in Boston for 25 years but I'll tell you one thing who would you rather build a team around than a guy who is completely selfless who's tough as nails, who's incredibly durable, and I'm hoping that is a trend that continues in the future. I mean, look at what we saw with Lamar last year. Certainly everyone in Baltimore believed that he quit on his teammates, and let's face it, Allen's beaten him the last two outings. Allen had taken out Mahomes admittedly in regular season games in three of their last four contests. To say that the Bills are out of the picture, I think, is ludicrous. It's their best offensive line in 30 years. You have great draft picks. Dalton Kikade is an emerging star. Osiris Torrance is the best rookie interior lineman in the league. And Terrell Bernard absolutely, I think, is an improvement from Tremaine Edmonds. Everyone who goes there gets better. That D line is deep and strong. To say that these guys are out of the picture I think they'll be better next year and let's face it, New Steve, made it hold on itself. a second. Steve, wait if just wait a second.
3: After- Steve, just wait one second. Sure. You're right about what you just said, but a lot of those guys are coming up in free agency, and the Bills are running out of money, and they're going to have a hard time re-signing everybody on the defensive line. And not to mention, you know, Gabe Davis and some of these other people. Diggs is, in, uh, is not happy with the team. Like there's, there's going to be a lot of questions for this Bills team to to ask and answer in this off season. And it's not just going to be all these sunshine and rainbows here. I think they're they're going to be up against it for sure.
2: Yeah. At the same time, though, I think Davis is gone. But look at the way Shakir has emerged. But also, the fact is, that defensive line, you've still got Oliver coming back. Von Miller, they're probably going to separate from at some point. And the fact of the matter is, according to local reporting in Buffalo, all these guys are willing to make concessions in order to make the salary cap situation work. I think Micah Hyde's going to retire, but say what you will about Sean McDermott. Anybody who comes there and plays a secondary, they improve.
3: Yeah, no, listen, Steve, the Bills are in a much better space than the Patriots are, I'll give you that. Patriots aren't catching Buffalo anytime soon, I don't think. But they are gonna have some questions to answer. They have a lot of guys who are up this year, and we'll see. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. If uh if the uh if these players are all gonna take hometown discounts to stay in Buffalo. Like I'll believe that when I see it. You know, that's that's a nice thing for people to say, but they usually say that when they win Super Bowls. They don't say it when they're getting knocked out in the division round. Um six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety three seven is the phone number. We gotta take a break here. I'll tell you what's trending, and then I'll get back to your phone calls. And Mike Cadlick will join the show at ten thirty
4: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Sunday Mass
1: continues right now with Christian Arkhand on WEEI.
3: As for defensive coordinator, defensive line coach DeMarcus Covington has emerged as a strong favorite, according to SI's Albert Breer. Mike Giardi also chiming in on Boston Sports Journal today, calling it an upset if Covington doesn't get the job. Why would it be an upset if he doesn't get the job? I think
1: this has been part of the plan. I think he's one of Gerard's guys, I think, uh, and for for good reason. I
2: think he's a terrific coach. He was a D.C. in college for a year. Uh, They bring the New Orleans guy up for an interview. They were co-D.C.'s at Eastern Kentucky. Eastern uh, Illinois. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Eastern Illinois. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. you. Yeah. Remember yeah. him? You should be all over that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the whole Garoppolo train has gone in the wrong direction last uh... year, too. two. Hey.
3: 1024. Here on WEI, it's Reverend Arkin. It is the Sunday Mass. Uh, we're here until 11 o'clock. Then what's coming up next? Dino, Dino's next? Uh, I
1: think we got the that betting show. Okay. Uh, I'll check in a second.
3: All right. Uh, but I can tell you that we will be carrying both conference championship games right here on these airwaves. Uh, Westwood One coverage starts at 2.30 for the Ravens and the Chiefs, like I just told you, in, uh, in trending. And then, of course, the 6.30 kickoff for the Niners and the Lions uh, right here on your home for the NFL playoffs. Uh, Boston Sports original WEEI. Demarcus Covington. he's the man. He's the new defensive coordinator. It's uh, according to reports. Breer had it. Uh, Reese had it. seems like that's uh that's the way things are going. Fine. I'm fine with that. fine with Demarcus Covington being the uh, being the guy. And I know he's a bill person, but I'd sort of almost look at him more as a male person than a bill person. you know he's been he's been working in this uh, system. Lately, with Mayo being not the guy in charge, obviously Bill's been the guy in charge. But I think that there's uh, uh, understanding there. Two young guys. I think this was a Mayo pick, and I don't think that he was sort of told like, "Hey, you have to pick somebody in house." I think he this is who he wanted, or that's how it's, that's how it's getting reported anyway. And I'm fine with that. Um, I do wonder what's going to happen with. Steve and Brian, because now that they're not going to be considered anymore for defensive coordinator, Steve in particular, I wonder what his next move will be. I wonder what he wants his next move to be. I wonder if they were going to go to Atlanta if Bill went there. Both of them, one of them, neither of them. I don't know. I just i it's it's a it's an interesting sort of thing because if they keep Steve and Brian then they're really keeping everybody except for Bill. (laughs) You know, everyone, it's really, that's the statement that's being made by Robert Kraft, is that it was all just this one guy. This guy was the problem. We're keeping his defensive coordinator. We're keeping his personnel guys. We're maybe going to bring back Josh McDaniels, which we'll see if that actually happens. I'm starting to think maybe it won't, based on something Mike Reese wrote today. And when Reese puts something out like this, I tend to I tend to take it seriously, and you should too. His Sunday Quick Hits column came out this morning, uh, early this morning, six a.m. Great for me. And it had this on the topic of offensive coordinator or coaching follow-ups. Uh, first-year Patriots head coach Gerard Mayo noted in a Monday interview with Weei, that's us, that his top priority is to build his coaching staff. He moved in the Uh, He moved the football forward on defense with the promotion of defensive line coach DeMarcus Covington. Now the focus turns to offense and special teams, Reese writes. At this point, the majority of interviews with coaches from other teams have been over video conference and described more as initial conversations. Thus, the next step is flying candidates, who made a strong impression into town for in-person interviews, which would shift the hiring process into a higher gear this week. Those who have reportedly already spoken with Mayo or plan to do so are Thomas Brown, Tanner Engstrom, Brian Flurry, Brian Fleury, Luke Getzey, Gerard Johnson, Thomas McGahee, Dan Pitcher, Zach Robinson, Jeremy Springer, and Marquise Williams. Uh, Zach Robinson is going to Atlanta. We know that with uh, Raheem Morris. Reese writes, Kaylee, the former longtime Patriots tight end coach who interviewed for the team's offensive coordinator job in 2022, is viewed by some close to the process as well positioned to ultimately lead the offense. So that's Reese basically saying they want Kaylee. And let me just say this: I don't think there's been a large market for the services of Nick Kaylee. He's a tight ends coach. He was there in LA, and listen, you know, if you're coaching with McVay, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a second look for sure. But I asked Curran about this this week, and he said there is not a long line of teams that are out there waiting to hire Nick Kaylee to be their offensive coordinator. It just isn't. No disrespect to him. It's just not the market right now. So if Nick Caley doesn't take the job as OC here, if Kaylee gets offered the job and says, no, nah, I'm good, you got a problem, my friend. <laughs> You've got yourself a problem. And not a good problem. Not like a, oh, you know, first world problem. We're talking about an actual problem in that the same problem the Red Sox had. No one wants this job. The Red Sox could not find a chief baseball officer because no one wanted the job. And now we all see why. Now we all kind of understand the 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 reasoning for that. We understand why, you know, Sam Fold and Kim Ang and all these people all turned the job down. And not even turned the job down, turned down the interview. Who would want to be in charge of this? We're slashing payroll and we're going to throw you out there a winter weekend and try and tell everybody that, no, 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 we're actually very committed to winning. But you can't spend any money, and we want you to trade a bunch of people away and get pennies on the dollar for them, uh, if you don't mind. By the way, hi, I'm Bloom. We need you to trade Mookie Betts right away. That's the first thing you have to do. And then, uh, yeah, you can win the fans back over the next four years. (laughs) Good luck, pal. Have fun in St. Louis. See ya. I mean, who the hell would want that job? Offensive coordinator, this offense, there's work to do. They can make this into an attractive uh, destination for an offensive coordinator, maybe. But right now, the only thing that's really attractive about being the offensive coordinator here with the Patriots is that you have a blank canvas to paint on. You know, you give the quarterback you can draft with third overall, you got all this money to spend in free agency. That's all well and good. But that's not necessarily the job of the offensive coordinator. That's the job of the front office. And we don't even know who the GM is. We don't know even know if there is a GM. I'd imagine that Wolf and Grow are staying and that they're probably going to, you know, split the duties. But we don't know that. We don't know anything. So if I'm a potential offensive coordinator looking at this job, I'm seeing the worst offense in the league. I don't know who the quarterback is. There's no wide receivers. There's no offensive line. I don't know who's going to be making the draft picks at third overall, and I don't know who's going to be spending the free agent money. Other than that, it looks like a great job, you know. So that's sort of that's sort of the situation that you find yourself in. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. And joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline, your friend and mine, uh, his first appearance here on the Sunday Mass. That, of course, is brother Mike Cadlick, who joins me here on the airwaves. Uh, hello, Mike. How you doing? Hey,
1: okay How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm in my I'm in my robe. I'm ready for ready for the service. So, Very good. You got pray. your collar on yeah
3: exactly (laughs) excellent well uh let's go ahead and start with the uh well it's not news of the day here but demarcus covington will be the patriots defensive coordinator according to multiple uh multiple reports here what's your take on covington how is he viewed in the uh inside the walls and what kind of job do you think he's going to do working with gerard mayo yeah uh
1: i think it's a solid hire i think it makes a lot of sense um a guy who, you know, like you said, talking about inside the walls is someone who uh, a lot of the players respect. Um, he's obviously, he's been there for some time and they've sort of built that defense around, uh, well, him obviously. And then, you know, Mayo and Steve have been there as well. And so he's kind of been an integral part of that. Uh, their their defensive line was one of the better units on the whole team this year with Christian Barmore, Devon Godshaw, teachers wise, even had a good season and Keon White uh, was pretty solid and his rookie season too. And so, I mean, I, I look at it as, their their defense wasn't really a problem. Like, the offense is what needs to be fixed here. And so to promote from within hire, it makes sense. He's a guy who's, again, respected. And, uh, yeah, they had to do sort of their external search, and they brought in a couple other guys. We'll see if any of those guys end up on on the staff here. I know that Michael Hodges from – uh, the Saints who interviewed for the position was actually he coached with Covington at Eastern Illinois several years ago. So maybe that's a the guy they look at, you know, to maybe bring in and coach underneath him. But we'll see how the rest of the staff plays out. But no, overall, I like the hire. I think it, it made a lot of sense for a unit that really needed continuity rather than a full rehaul.
3: What do Belichick's kids do? It's
1: a good question. I mean, I don't know. I I look at you know, what happened in Atlanta. And obviously, I'm as surprised as anyone. I really thought that, you know, that slam dunk might be not be the right word, but I felt like that was going to be a decent fit there. Obviously, they went in a different direction, and now the Belichick kids are in a little bit of limbo. I mean, from, and I heard you talking before I came on about, you know, listening to Mike Reese, and even if he doesn't frame something as a report, it tends to be pretty informed. And so, like, last week in his, his Sunday article, he wrote that, if Belichick didn't get a job, that Steve could, you know, come back as sort of a senior advisor slash assistant head coach, you know, type thing. That wouldn't shock me either, obviously hearing that from Reese. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Steve. As far as, you know, Brian Belichick goes, he coached the safeties here before. Um, they respect him and, you know, they do, a, they do, they do a good job. And I, like I said about Covington, the, the defensive side of the football isn't really the problem here. So if you can just stay, you know, continuous on that side of the football then you're going to be fine so yeah the, the, the head coach thing with Belichick didn't go the Patriots way this year but I mean if you can keep Steven Bryan and they want to stick around then I think it would be a good move and it, it at this point with Belichick sort of being iced out from the coaching cycle it wouldn't surprise me if they stuck around
3: does Belichick ever coach again
1: yeah I think he does um Rappaport this morning said something about him maybe going into tv this this year that wouldn't surprise me either but i do i think once this whole thing settles and you know every single coaching cycle has you know those five to seven openings each year and i mean even this year right i know you had said it on your show about him going to dallas like that should have been the place for him this year anyway they shouldn't have stuck with mike mccarthy and they did it and so if the same thing happens next year in Dallas, which I think it probably will. I mean, you you gotta, you gotta just trust that you see it. It happens every year. They win 12 games and they choke. And so if they get rid of McCarthy next year, they should be calling Belichick. Same with the Eagles and Nick Sirianni. Like I look at the Philly job and if Nick Sirianni got fired, would anybody hire him as head coach? And yeah, that, that team is great and he's done a pretty good job, but like, he's not some coveted, you know, head coaching phenom. Like he, he got in the right place, right time with a good roster. And, was able to do it. So if Belichick went to that team, they'd be good too. So, like, this cycle, you know, as much as, much as we want to say that Belichick isn't coveted right now, and he, he clearly wasn't, but a lot of these teams were in full rebuilds. And so I can understand not wanting a 73-year-old head coach who's looking for 15 wins and then scoot. But if next year they, the teams that are close, no Belichick's on the market, I don't know how you don't call. And so I do. I think he wants to coach again. I think he wants to break that record. And I I believe that next season he'll be on the sideline somewhere.
3: Talking with Mike Cadlick here, weei.com. Mike, we just uh, talked about DeMarcus Covington and the, on the uh, defensive coordinator opening. The offensive coordinator one's the ones everybody's really sort of worked up about here because the offense was so bad. I'm also sort of unclear on what the front office plan is because – you know, whatever happens, whoever the offensive coordinator is, he's probably going to be dealing with a new quarterback, free agent money, I hope gets spent on wide receivers and other players on the offense. Uh, yep. Who's going to be in charge of making those draft picks and spending that money?
1: Um, I mean, right now your guess is as good as mine, right? I mean, the way you look at it right now, um, if, if you look at that um, – again, going back to Reese's column this morning, like a guy like Patrick Stewart, who is a, you know, a I think he's like a VP of personnel or something in the front office. Like Reese mentioned the collaboration approach and how they brought in that Michael Jordan office of guard for a futures contract. And that, that was sort of a Patrick Stewart led charge and they made it happen. So it sounds like they're kind of taking input from anywhere right now. And I, I don't think that's, not that that's not a good thing, but I think that there still needs to be a point person in charge and that person hasn't really been assigned yet. Signs point to it being Elliot Wolf, but I mean, it it doesn't really seem like they have a clear vision on that. And that's, that's the one part in this whole thing that's kind of frustrating to me is like you have this, you know, pseudo reset rebuild with getting bill out of here and you're kind of keeping some pieces in place, but you're kind of moving on from others and you're looking for a McVay type system. But at this point it looks like it's gonna be Nick Cayley who as much as he has sort of learned from McVeigh, it was only for a season, so what's it gonna look like when it comes back? And it it kind of just looks like they're, you know, moving a bunch of pieces around, but don't I don't know if they really have a clear vision anywhere yet. And so um, I think they need to find that guy in the front office. And if it's gonna be Elliot Wolf, then just say that it's gonna be Elliot Wolf and make that happen because you really need someone to be, you know, the yes man or the no man, frankly, and to make that final say. Because if nobody makes the final say, you make a pick and it fails, everybody's just going to be pointing at each other and say, "Well, I didn't do it; they did it." And so, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to blame them for it yet because it's only been you know two weeks in the Mayo era, but it's it's kind of kind of looks to be up in the air right now. And yeah. so, you, you you bring in Kaylee. Hopefully, you know it works out, and he has some input. like key set on the quarterback, but. I don't really. It seems like it might be Mayo who's making the clear call, but I don't really know right now.
3: All right. So if you follow Mike Cadlick on Twitter, then you've probably seen this. Every time any football player, any coach, any anybody related to the sport of football gets mentioned in an article or something, Mike (laughs) uh, posts a picture of Squidward from SpongeBob. And he's pointing, and it's all red, and it says Patriots. So basically everybody's yeah. going to become a Patriot. According to Mike Cadillac, everyone in the world is going to be a Patriot. I know you do Correct. that as a joke, but I want you right yeah. now here on this show to give me three people that you give the Squidward meme uh, stamp of approval to who you believe 100%, not joking, will be Patriots next year that aren't Patriots right now. Give me three names.
1: Can they be uh, like free agents and draft picks? Absolutely. Okay, all right, let's go or with... Or coaches, too, Any, anything you want. Oh, all right, coaches, too. All right, I'm going to go then with Nick Cayley, gets the Patriot meme as the next offensive coordinator. Okay. Um, as of right now, I'm going to say Jaden Daniels gets the Squidward meme with the number three overall pick. Okay. And... I'm going to take a little bit of a – not a shot here, but this is sort of – I think it should happen, and I realistically think it could. I'm going to go with Mike Evans. They need a number one wide receiver. T. Higgins is going to get franchise tagged. It wouldn't surprise me if Michael Pittman got it from the Colts, but Mike Evans is sort of the older veteran that can come in here. I don't think uh, Tampa's going to franchise tag him, and so – you get Evans in here on a three-year deal, take him at the end of his career and, you know, let him bring in some Super Bowl experience. So Nick Haley, Jaden Daniels, Mike Evans, get the squid of me for me today.
3: All right. You're going to really have to pay for him though, right? Like if, if Mike Evans has his, cha- his choice. But you have the money. You have the money. the money.
1: and What's his name? Mayo said he's going to burn cash, so let's hold him to
3: it. But like, you're going to have to do that. What I'm the point I'm making is you're going to have to do that to get someone like Evans, because if he has his choice, what the hell would he want to come here for? <laughs> like, you know, this, this no, is a rebuilding fair. team. Like, if there's a if the Chiefs wanted him, uh, for example, you know, might he take a few less dollars to go play with Mahomes and win a championship? Like, that's that's the position I feel like the Patriots are in now. If they want. A player like his caliber, he had a great year this year. You're right about that. He killed it this year. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to blow everybody else out of the water to get him.
1: Right? You don't have that Patriots lore anymore. Like, you know, take a take a couple bucks off the top because you're gonna win a Super Bowl. Like that is that is gone, and you have to pay. And you even saw it in 2021 when they went on that spree. Like they paid and overpaid for guys like Jonu Smith and. Nelson Aguilar because they didn't have that anymore and they needed to bring him in. So yeah, you're going to have to pay for Evans, but if you beat out everybody else, then it's not like he's not going to come here.
3: I hope they do. All right. That's uh Mike Cadlick. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Cadlick, And uh, you can also hear him on, uh, you can hear him all the time and you can read him on wei.com as well. Mike, thanks so much for the time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. All right, Ken, we'll talk to you soon. All right. That is uh, Mike Cadlick making his Sunday mass debut uh, very nice job by him. All right, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. We'll get to your uh, phone calls and got a couple other just uh, things to tidy up on here, some uh, housekeeping to do before we sign off. That's coming up next.
2: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
1: On W.E.E.I. With Christian
3: Arcand. Yeah, yeah that's a good. Paranoid. <laughs> Why are you so paranoid? <laughs> Don't be so All right, we got a couple paranoid. of minutes left here. Sunday Mass, Reverend Arcan. we got Joseph behind the glass there taking your calls at 617-779-7937. Um, I wanted to talk about the Kayshawn Booty thing. But first, let's go to your phones. Uh, Jake is in Boston. He's been waiting a while with a take on Demarcus Covington. Hello, Jake.
0: Yes, before that, Christian, uh, the Patriots teased a 2003 Super Bowl retrospective podcast with a minute 20-second video on their social. I saw this. The second shot is the crafts, Jonathan and Robert front and center after the Vinatieri field goal. In that minute and 20-second video, there is zero mention, zero showing of Bill Belichick. Nothing around the intentional safety in Denver with his face on it. Nothing around his greatest coaching job. This is bitter between Jonathan and Bill, and it's going to get more bitter. And if Bill or anyone in Bill's camp wants to give me some craft dirt, I will run with it, unlike the rest of the Boston media. Then DeMarcus Covington. How would you like to be a Belichick son today? Uh, A little bit of your own nepotism uh, medicine right in your face. And I know Gerard had the press conference that certain media fractions aren't that uh, too thrilled about because he mentioned the, the raise card. But if you compare the resumes between Covington and Steve Belichick, who were told would call the plays, right? Like we were told he was the number two guy. Uh, Covington getting that job is really interesting. I see it as a sign that Steve was barely qualified to work at a Mansfield stop-and-shop, bagging groceries, much less run an NFL team, and that Daddy was really responsible for him and his role. And really, I think Daddy covered up a lot of the – I think Daddy made them look good on defense, both in terms of the money spent, the time, the effort there, uh, especially during the 2020 disaster of a season. We would say that about there, Mayo too, then,
3: can't you, Jake? Right? Didn't didn't Daddy make Mayo look good and, uh, and all that too? This right?
0: Is the- Correct. This is the absolute
3: concern. So, you
0: know, Gerard, Gerard hires him as an assistant head coach. You're probably looking at one in fifteen because this was obviously Jonathan being very upset at Bill and trying to push him out the door. Because you've seen how hard Stevie works. He he should he should take the time off. Go be with this beautiful family because this whole thing is going to be exposed. This whole house of cards that Bill was holding up defensively, I can't speak to the offense. The offense was a disaster, but that defense was Bill Belichick holding up his kids and Gerard and holding up a bunch of people that really don't deserve to be in their positions right now, which is why you need to blow the whole thing up in the first place. And you're going to see it next year because they're going to be god-awful. All right,
3: thanks for the call, Jake. Um, I, I don't know that the defense is going to be bad next year without Bill there. You know, the, these, this is, Gerard Mayo in particular is a guy who's been involved in that scheme since when was he drafted, 2010, 20, 2009, like a long time. Uh, he knows the scheme. He knows how to run it. He understands it. Is he going to run it the exact same way as build it? I don't know. But Covington, I feel like, was uh, in charge of the defensive line, and the defensive line was really good, as Cadillac just said. So I'm I'm holding out hope. As I said, I'm I'm okay with it. And someone on text line, oh, phew, Arcand fine with the de- defensive coordinator decision. Oh, that was a close one. Patriots nation on the edge of their seat, hoping I would endorse. Well, you can sit back uh, and relax now because yes, I do endorse the. Uh, I do endorse the pick. I think it's a fine pick. I really think that the defense is going to be okay regardless. I don't think there's going to be any, uh, you know, big drop off on the on the defense. You're bringing back most of the players. You don't really have to add much to it in terms of free agents, draft picks, that sort of thing. You got some good young players too. You know, Barmore, Gonzalez. You got Bentley's a veteran, the defensive lineman, you got good safeties. Um, even if Uche leaves, you know, you might want to pick up an edge rusher in the draft or maybe find one in free agency, but you still got Judon. Like you you're okay. You're covered on defense. The cupboard is bare on offense. I mean, it just – it's so much work needs to be – that—that's you need to really – that needs to be torn down to the studs. I didn't feel the defense needed to, the coaching staff or the players or any of that stuff. I didn't feel like that was uh, something that needed a whole lot of attention this offseason, and I still don't. Uh, but the offense, my God, I mean, you know, what can you say? Uh, Steve is in Fall River. Hi, Steve. Wow. Uh,
4: I don't – I like this guy who called. I guess he fancies himself as a media member, which is okay. He's on the radio.
3: Who, Jake in Boston?
4: I don't know who it is.
3: Doesn't Jake matter. in Boston is Nobody a gossip, is a gossip queen. He is a professional gossip queen, Steve. That's all right. <laughs> okay, and I mean that with all uh, the love all in right. my heart. By the way,
4: I'm not going to say I'm a media member because uh, you know the dean of our media here, Tom Curran, had the Patriots in the playoffs. He did. So if he was working in a Fortune 500 company, he'd now be unemployed. Ah, uh,
3: well, he also Maybe had the, he also I'm had stopped. the Patriots firing Belichick, so he's he's not like he struck out every time this year.
4: No, one was one was gossip. One was subjection and, and, and analytics, okay. which was woefully inadequate. He could have just went by. And I'm not picking on Tom Curran. I like Tom Curran. Remember, I broke him into this medium way back when. <laughs> of course. Dude. But anyway. The kingmaker. I did. In Providence. <laughs> uh-huh. he, was a, he was in Providence. His Wikipedia doesn't even say where he worked. All right. Mike no one cares,
3: on Steve. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got?
4: I don't agree that Steve Belichick is being held up by... His father, even though he got the job for nepotism, I don't think you can fake uh, being involved in a pretty damn good defense there. And I don't know why he gave Covington the nod. Maybe because they were wondering where Bill was going. Bill may have cost his son the defensive coordinator's position because they didn't know if he was going to leave because nobody knew if Bill was going to get a job.
3: You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. They may have just been waiting it out. And thinking if if Bill goes to Atlanta, then he'll just go with him to Atlanta. So we need to make another we need to make other arrangements here. Or it could be, you know, Bill's gone. His son is still here. His son looks and talks just like him. He doesn't look just like him, but he does talk just like him. You ever heard him talk? He sounds exactly like him. And maybe we're just trying to move on from that voice for right now. You know, maybe let's just give it give it some time. We'll offer him a job back with the team. We'll offer him a job. But it's not going to be it's not going to be what he thinks it is. It's not going to be what people think it is. And listen, whatever happens to those guys, they'll be fine, I think. I think it would behoove them to try and branch out on their own like Shanahan did, Kyle Shanahan. I think that would make a lot of sense. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see which uh, which direction it goes. We'll see if they're happy with the roles that they're offered. We'll see if they take them. And we'll see if there's still Belichick's on this coaching uh, staff next year. All right, that's all the time that I have. Uh, stick around. We got uh, BetQL coming your way next. And then after that, we have, I think, five hours of football. AFC Championship game starting at 2.30. And then, of course, we have the Lions and the Niners at 6.30. All here with Westwood One on Boston Sports Original WEI. I'm Reverend Arkan. Thanks to Mike Cadlick, Thanks to Joseph. I'm out of here. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the football today. Bye-bye.